The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Foot First Podiatry. Painful bunions, then it's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar Bunionectomy. No scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. For more information about the Sklar Bunionectomy, visit footfirst.com. And by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm your host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster at NBC Chicago for 17 years, and I hate to admit it, but I am the baby boomer. And my name is Jason Commander. I'm a freshman at UT Austin. I write for College Basketball Review, for Texas Student Television, and not March Madness anymore, but you can still see my picks for everyday's game on Pally Site Sports. So that's what I got going on right now. Well, you know, one thing that we do have in common, even though, you know, I'm a little bit older than you are, um, almost three times, which is kind of funny, um, is the NFL draft. You and I both love the NFL draft. So what we decided in this episode is to do a mini episode um, Talking about the NFL draft. Now, Jason, I don't know if you realize this, but when I was working at ESPN in Bristol, I worked, I I think I counted 14 NFL drafts, I think, between ESPN Bristol. I was there for four years and then coming back to Chicago as a reporter. I want to say I worked 14 NFL drafts. So last year, when they did it virtually because of the pandemic, it was one of my favorites. It, it was easily one of my favorites. I just loved how relaxed of a setting it was. You know, sometimes, you know, the draft is such a big show. It's unbelievable the amount of work that goes into it. For sure. So, you know, so the way they did it, so relaxing. And there were mistakes and audio, but it was okay. You know, guys weren't necessarily in suits. And, you know, players weren't all in suits. And coaches weren't all in their suits. They were in their basements. And, I don't know. I love it. Well, what? How did you get into the NFL draft? Well, first of all, last year's draft was cool to me because that was really the first live sports-related thing that was on following the pandemic. So that was kind of special to me to see things on TV that were happening live in front of you. Uh, seems like the most simple thing, but at that time, we were about a month, month and a half removed from any live sports. So to see news go down right before your eyes and to see things happening and sports going in motion was was really, really special. I got into the NFL draft just kind of by necessity. When you first get into sports, uh, the draft is typically one of the last things that you discover and learn about because the first thing that you need to do is figure out who all the players are in the league and how the game works and how the rules are, and then you can dive a little bit deeper. So I didn't really get into the NFL draft until about fifth, maybe sixth grade, a couple years after I got, got into sports. But for me, at least, the NFL draft and my football fandom are real. The thing that brings those two things together is college football. I'm a massive college sports fan. College basketball is my favorite sport. College football is not too far behind. So to see the players that I enjoy watching every single weekend from August until December have their names called and to play in the NFL is really, really special. 
for me, it's not as much about, oh, you know, whoever got like this really good offensive lineman. For me, it's more so cool to see the players that I get to watch the, the fall prior, especially the players that I've watched for two, three years, finally get their opportunity in the NFL. That's what's cool about the NFL draft to me. And trying to visualize these players that you're so used to seeing play at Alabama or Oklahoma or Ohio State, finally visualizing seeing them in an NFL uniform playing in prime time on national television. So that's what I really enjoy about the NFL draft, more so about the experience for the players and the draftees opposed to the fantasy impact or any sort of scheme impact or roster thing, with the exception of the Bears. You know, one of the things that makes the NFL draft so interesting is it's not an exact science. And when I would go cover the NFL combine in Indianapolis, you know, we didn't get to watch the guys work out. We only did interviews with the players and then the, you know, general managers and coaches while they were milling around. The the fact that it's an not an exact science and that there can be agreements on, you know, every team might say this guy is definitely, you know, uh, a can't miss, okay? But there's never an agreement on who is going to be a Hall of Famer, who is going to be a superstar. Uh, that is what makes it so interesting to me because even though, you know, there are coaches and scouts and, and entire staffs at, at these NFL teams that are breaking down all these players they still find a you know a diamond in the rough in the fourth and fifth rounds, and the top ten you might only have one or two that become very very good players. So it, it's just a a big gamble in so many ways. Well, yeah, absolutely, and I think that what the really cool thing about this upcoming draft in particular is it's a very very top heavy draft with a lot of big names that we could see making day one impacts in the NFL. And you said that there's really no debate about who's going to be a Hall of Famer, who's going to be all pro. I think that that's kind of different this draft. You have a guy in Trevor Lawrence who is the top quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck nine years ago and perhaps a better quarterback prospect than Andrew Luck. And the guys right behind him aren't really too far behind. Zach Wilson from BYU is a lock to go second overall. He has shown so much in his pro day and at the Combine really just the prototypical modern NFL quarterback, someone who can sling it but run out of the pocket, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray type guy under center. There are so many good players in this draft, and I feel like we kind of say this every year. Everyone has recency bias as the draft comes up. Everyone thinks that their team picks the next whoever. But the fact of the matter is this upcoming draft is one of the strongest in recent years. So I think we're going to see a lot of players go off the board, especially in the top 10 that are going to be day one starters and are going to end up being some of the NFL's cornerstone players in the next three, five years. Well, we can only hope that many people think that the Chicago Bears will um, maybe get it right and everyone ahead of them will get it wrong. That's what you can only hope. Okay, so Jason, in this mini episode, we ask, well, we say, answer me this. Who were you completely wrong about? What one NFL draft pick were you completely wrong about? Wow. Now, that is quite the question. But I will say this. uh, Prepared for this episode, I didn't know that it was going to be specifically NFL. um, So that kind of changes up my answer a little bit. But I'm going to give two answers. One player that I was wrong about in that I thought that they were going to be a great player in the NFL and didn't end up panning out. 
And then one player that I was wrong about, I didn't think that it was a good pick at the time, but um, ended up really making an impact um, recently in the NFL. So I'm going to start out with the player that I was completely wrong about negatively. Um, a couple of years back, Josh Rosen from UCLA looked to be one of the top prospects in the draft, quarterback, um, has this incredible background, Harvard bloodline, both of his parents went to Harvard, his grandfather was a big software developer. This kid was, was a superstar when he was born. Uh, and then watching him at UCLA, I thought nothing short of that. I thought this guy was going to be the next big thing in the NFL. Uh, Arizona Cardinals drafted him at number nine. I want to say this was the 2018 draft, maybe 2017. It was a year after Trubisky. Uh, and needless to say, things have not panned out for Mr. Rosen in the NFL. He actually made his debut against the Bears, came in in the fourth quarter, which was just bizarre. Didn't do anything, hasn't done anything in the NFL, only started a handful of games, and actually spent this year on the Buccaneers practice squad. So that's someone I was completely wrong about. Um, in the sense that I thought they'd be a lot better than they ended up being. Another guy I was completely wrong about, but this was more so someone who proved me wrong, was uh, Josh Allen. I thought that he looked like Jay Cutler on steroids coming out of Wyoming, which is a big arm, but very little accuracy. Didn't really think he showed much in Wyoming, and now he probably would have won MVP last season uh, in any other season. Some of the numbers that he put up were incredible. Certainly has the strongest arm in the NFL, can swing it with the best of them one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, almost led the Bills to the Super Bowl, which is quite an accomplishment in itself. And I think Josh Allen's going to be right behind Patrick Mahomes as the number two quarterback in the NFL. So those are a pair of guys I was wrong about. Obviously, you don't hit on everyone in the draft. Uh, it's, it's a big, big, big difference from the NFL to college. And so these guys could put up big numbers in college and you get to the NFL and it just doesn't translate. So. All right. Well, you know that I covered the Bears for how many years? I don't know, 17 years or something like that. So I have a lot of Bears players that that I covered a lot that I thought were going to be good. Um, an interesting one that first came to mind, but it, he's, he's not going to be my answer, um, was Cedric Benson. God rest his soul, 2005, four, a fourth overall pick out of your Long school. Longhorn great. Yep, Texas. Then he held out, and that was kind of the beginning of the end for his days in Chicago, only because this was a team that, um, you know, he, he just he did not give them a good reputation um, right off the bat. You know, they had Thomas Jones, a veteran. Uh, he was a locker room leader, respected by Brian Erlacher and guys on the other side of the ball. And for Cedric Benson to hold out when he did, he came in. He had a very gentle heart. Uh, he just couldn't live up to the reputation in that locker room, and his reputation coming out of Texas. He ended up leaving, went to the Bengals, um, and, you know, had had an okay NFL career. Others that I covered, Shea McClellan, Bears' first-round pick in 2012, um, really tough coming out of Boise State. Um, I, I thought he was going to make it. You know, I thought he was going to have a better career. He had a much better career when he left and went to New England, when he left Chicago. Um, the year before, though, do you remember this name, Gabe Karimi? Gabe Karimi was a talker. How can you possibly forget the name Gabe Karimi when the field official was calling his name out for a false start on every single bear <laughs> side? Offensive tackle out of Wisconsin, and he thought he was much better 
than anyone else, and he let everybody know it. Uh, he was a bigger talker than he was a player on the field. Of course, there was Jerron Gilbert. Um, he was the guy that jumped out of the pool, the video that uh, kind of went viral uh, just before the draft or right around the draft. Um, Cade McNown in 1999, the brash quarterback out of UCLA, taken 12th overall, uh, better known for using a handicap parking uh, sticker than anything else he ever did on the field for the Bears. Um, the one guy though, and it's really kind of a sad story. The one guy that I was definitely wrong about as a football player in the NFL for the Chicago bears would be Dan Bazine. Um, I say it's unfortunate because he really had a tragic story. Uh, second round 2007 pick for the bears out of central Michigan. And, uh, he had a very, very tragic, um, uh, thing happened, a family matter uh, in his family prior to him becoming an NFL player. And, you know, it may have ripped some of his heart out as well. He just was undersized. He was a, a tweener. He never made it. And I think I really wanted him to make it more than anything. And I would argue uh, on the radio with people all the time saying that they were wrong, that this guy, you know, he had it in him. He was just playing out of position. And um, in the end, you know, he lasted two years, two years for a second round pick um, 14 years ago. It's kind of sad. So I'm going to say Dan Bazine for my pick. There were a lot of them, unfortunately, for the Bears. <laughs> there were a lot you know, of them. I got two bonus answers really, really quick if we have the time. Yeah. Not NFL answers. Uh, Bulls pick that I was so, so wrong about was Doug McDermott. I thought he was going to be the next sharpshooter in the NBA. And yeah. to be fair, he has had a pretty solid career. But when you consider that the Bulls traded a pair of draft picks that would end up being, I believe it was Gary Harris, I know for a fact, is one of them, uh, and maybe Yusuf Nurkic, or it might have been the second-round pick that the uh, Nuggets ended up using to take Nikola Jokic. No, it was two first-rounders. Uh, the Bulls pretty much traded two draft picks that turned into being two players that have been starters in the NBA ever since for somebody who literally all they could do is shoot. And I was so excited about Doug McDermott. I was, I think it was like seventh grade and uh, everyone's getting the jerseys and stuff. And he just ended up doing nothing for the Bulls. Uh, one last one. 2013 was the first draft of anything I'd ever watched. It was the MLB draft. Knew nothing about it. Uh, but all I knew is I wanted the White Sox to take J.P. Crawford because he was the nephew of Carl Crawford, who was one of the best players in the, in the MLB when I first got into baseball. And sure enough, the Phillies, the pick before, took J.P. Crawford. And I was so upset. The White Sox ended up still going with the shortstop. They took Tim Anderson out of Community College in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was so upset. I didn't think, I didn't think this Tim Anderson guy was going to do anything <laughs> in the MLB. All I wanted was J.P. Crawford. We get Tim Anderson. And now you look, Tim Anderson's the face of the franchise, one of the faces of baseball. J.P. Crawford is a below-average shortstop on one of the worst teams in all of baseball, the Seattle Mariners. So that, I'd say, out of any draft, is the player I was the most strong about. You know how we say about this show that our sports talk kind of bridges the gap between our generations? Did you just notice the names that I threw out? Uh, compared to the names you threw out, your names were all contemporary within like the last 
eight years. Mine spanned 25 years ago. <laughs> I think my most recent pick was what, 2012 to nine years ago. Yeah. So, well, the, you know, I, I, it's a typical question that. that, that, you know, we are representing our generations with our answers. I love it. Yeah, my, my answer options are a little bit limited here because I've watched sports for my ninth year now uh, following sports, and I can't pick anyone before 2012 because you can't be wrong about something that you didn't formulate an opinion on at the time. So, But what I will say is I'm sure there are so many players that got drafted in the years and decades before I got into sports that I would have been all for. Just thinking like Adam right. Morrison, I'm sure I would have been a huge Adam Morrison guy. He did nothing in the NBA. Uh, Jamarcus Russell from LSU was like the phenom of all phenoms. And he just gained about 200 pounds and played in the NFL for four years. Uh, so there's so many guys that I've been so that I would have been wrong about. There are guys that everyone's been wrong about in the last 10 years. And that's just part of sports. That's what makes the draft so good. Yep. Is the unsung heroes that go in the day three for the NFL draft or don't hear their name called at all and turn into some of the best players in the league. I think that's the most prevalent in the NFL out of any sport is seeing the players that don't go on day one, that don't even go on day two, turn into some of the best players in the league. Look at the Super Bowl. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. Right. Um, Chris Godwin was a day two pick. Rob Gronkowski was a day two pick. It's the, the first round isn't isn't going. To, it will never be the thirty two best players. No. In the draft five years later, and exactly. that's what makes it so special. So let's do this. Let's reach out to some of our friends and ask them who was the one draft pick that they were completely wrong about. And I'll bet you, Jason, we're going to get all different answers. What do you think? Absolutely. All right. And let's begin with an undrafted player out of Eastern Illinois. He ended up playing nine seasons in the NFL. So I'm sure there were a couple of people who might have said, there's no way that guy is an NFL player. Boy, did he prove them wrong. The pride of TF North out of Chicago's South South Side and ESPN Radio. It's John Yurkovic. Yurko, take it away. The guy I made my biggest draft day mistake on. Oh, boy, and there's been a lot of them. I've been watching this draft for a long period of time, so I've made a ton of mistakes out there. It would have to be... Uh, the seventh pick of the first round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, kid out of Texas A&M, called Mike Evans. Right, so I was talking about him. I go, there's a 50-50 chance this guy could be the, he's, a, he's either a, a feast or famine guy. He's either going to be a superstar or he's going to be a bust. I went on the side of a bust because there's going to be a lot of contested catches for him, I thought. I didn't think he had the hands to make it in the league. Well, seven years later, 71 catches a year, uh, close to eight-plus touchdowns a year, over 1,100 yards a year. Uh, It's been uh, one of the uh, funnest mistakes I've ever made. And then you watch this guy go ahead and become a success. But anytime you make predictions, sometimes they're good predictions, sometimes they're bad predictions. But the biggest mistake I've ever made in the draft, Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hi, my name is Greg Gabriel. I'm a former director of college scouting for the Bears. Uh, I have over 30 years of NFL experience, 15 years as a decision maker uh, with two different NFL clubs. And really the most disappointing draft choice that I had or we had with the Chicago Bears was Michael Haynes, 
was our first round pick in 2003. And why was uh, he disappointing? We missed on his football character. Football character has nothing to do with with uh, personal character. Football character is love of the game, passion for the game, work ethic, desire to be a great player. Michael was a great kid. He didn't like football. And that's where we missed, and that's why it was disappointing. That was on us, on the scouting department. Uh, part of it was he came to Penn State and when Joe Paterno was there, and you never got truthful information from the coaching staff, the support staff, or Joe himself on the players. Everybody was a great kid and did everything well, according to Joe, but that wasn't the case, and we got burned on that one. This is Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. What draft pick was I completely wrong about? Well, the Bears have had a lot of draft picks that uh, haven't necessarily uh, performed to uh, their expected ability. Uh, the guy that kind of jumps out to me, and he went on to have a, a pretty solid career, but it just didn't happen for the Bears, is Cedric Benson. They took him fourth overall. In the 2005 draft, he was the second of three running backs selected in the top five. Ronnie Brown went second to the Dolphins. Cadillac Williams went fifth to the Buccaneers. And Cedric's career just never got going in Chicago. There was a a holdout over a contract that lasted about 36 days at the start of his career. Uh, He was vying for playing time against a very popular player in the locker room in Thomas Jones. And, uh, you know, it just didn't happen. Cedric had just under 1,600 yards rushing in three seasons with the Bears. And, boy, when he came out of Texas at the time, he was sixth all-time in the NCAA with over 5,500 yards rushing for the Longhorns. Um a, a dynamic player in college. You, you saw the physical running ability. Uh, he could go between the tackles. He had the speed to take it the distance. And you thought, boy, this guy's going to come in and absolutely be a fit for the Bears. Uh, and it, it just didn't happen. He's a super athlete, too. A lot of people probably forget he was drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2001. And... Um, Man, you, you still sort of wonder uh, where would the Bears be if they had pulled the trigger on a, a guy named Aaron Rodgers who went 24th in that draft, uh, but but kind of missing on Cedric, who went on to have some fine seasons for the Bengals, three 1,000-yard seasons in Cincinnati. Um, just didn't happen in Chicago. And you look at the Bears and, and their top 10 picks – since 2000. Guys drafted in the top 10 by the Bears since 2000. We've got Brian Urlacher in 2000. The other guys on that list, David Terrell, Cedric Benson, Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, Mitch Trubisky, and Roquan Smith, the most recent. And I think um, that explains to, uh, to some degree anyway, the situation that the franchise has been in uh, for a couple decades. Okay, hang on a second here. We got such a great response when we reached out to friends in the football media as to who was the one draft pick they were completely wrong about. 
that we're going to have to break this up into two episodes. Yes, it's going to be a bonus mini episode next week as well. I want to thank John Yurkovic for joining us, ESPN Radio 1000, and giving us his worst ever wrong draft pick. Also, Greg Gabriel, former NFL executive and can be heard on the Barroom Network. Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune and the Bear Download Podcast as well. Thanks to Adam Yaffe. Thanks to Eldo and the Barroom Network. Don't forget to download and subscribe. No predictions, no final thoughts. We will be back next week with part two on who was the draft pick you were completely wrong about. And you're going to hear from a former Chicago Bear. All of that next week. We'll see you then. The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, electrically connecting our world. And by Foot First Podiatry. It's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar Bunionectomy. No visual scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. Visit footfirst.com.